0: Welcome and thank you for tuning into Crossroads Church Aspen and our teaching ministry. We are thrilled that you desire to learn more about God and His Word. We also want to encourage you not to make this a substitute for belonging to a local church in your area. We are made for community and to be relationally connected to each other in the body of Christ. Remember, isolation kills, but community builds. We hope this message blesses you and draws you deeper into the community of Christ Church. Well, good. Everybody well? Thanks for being here. Hope you're ready to dive back into Jonah. If you're visiting with us, thanks for being here. There is a card in the seat back in front of you. we would love to know that you're here. And if you want to be in our email, we only send one a week with a bunch of stuff in it. If you want that, please fill that out and leave that with us. It'd be great. Um, We are in Jonah. And uh, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Jonah chapter 1, 1 through 16 this morning. Uh, We'll also be in Mark chapter 4. We've got two two uh, stories that kind of parallel and from one from the old one from the new that we're going to dive into this morning but before I do that I just want to pray for us Um, we're talking uh, this morning about the sleep of escape versus the sleep of peace obviously there's a lot going on in the world right now isn't there so lots to be fearful about um, whether it's coronavirus or politics or All kinds of of things right going on stock market just go down the list right Um, but you know this is where the good news shines right this is where the good news shines so just join me let's pray father Lord we come to you and Lord we rejoice that we can come to you in Jesus name and Lord your word says you hear us you long for your children to come with our worries our anxieties to lay our cares at your feet Lord To put our faith in you, Lord. To trust you. To lay our fears down before you, God. Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord, for your outstretched hand. Lord, we ask that you burn this virus out in Jesus' name. Burn the coronavirus out. Father, we ask for your grace upon China, your grace upon Italy. Lord, uh, the places in America where people are are recovering. Lord, um, all around the world, Lord, we ask you. Lord, you are sovereign God you're the great physician Lord and ask you to be with the health professionals give wisdom Lord to our leaders father we ask for your mercy burn this thing out Lord all through your scripture Lord we see Lord that uh, well that amazing promise in 2nd Chronicles 7 Lord that says if my people will humble themselves and pray I will hear in heaven and answer their prayer and heal their land God and that includes our bodies Lord Father, we just lift this up to you. Lord, I just pray in the midst of all the things, Lord, that maybe have people gripped with fear, Lord, I pray that we will not forget that this morning we'll be encouraged with your amazing good news, Lord, the glory of the gospel. God, that you love us, that you've sent Jesus for us. Lord, that you have this world in your hands. You have a plan, Lord. You're working out and one day you're going to renew this world beautiful all things new lord and father your grace and mercy and loving kindness is steadfast and forever lord would encourage us god encourage us this morning give us ears to hear lord and a heart to receive your word in jesus name amen amen yeah I try to make a discipline doesn 't always happen because sometimes I get riled up and i uh you know maybe we shouldn 't watch the news or whatever at all, but you know at the same time we've got to be informed so wherever you get connected to what 's going on in the world you know we we need to uh, stay informed but I, I think there 's just a simple discipline is if you can if we continue just to be kind of receive that stuff, man, fear will grip us you know um, so I, I just encourage you to take time to uh, in the midst of the news and everything going on, to to pray, right? To to take it to the Lord. Lord, what are you doing here? Right? And and to really trust and lean in uh, into the Lord on that. All right, here we go. Jonah. This morning, as I said, we're talking and looking at the sleep of escape, right? That tendency that is taking over in our culture today, that is the running from God, that is the fleeing from God, that is the just checking out, that is... Uh, just fleeing from responsibility, uh, and, and it's just that mentality, right, that we're, we're wrestling with as a culture more than we would ever realize. And so this is Jonah, chapter 1. I'm going to read verses 1 through 16 for us this morning, and then Mark chapter 4. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for their evil has come up against me, uh, before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. So the scandal of this little minor prophet Jonah in the Old Testament of the 12 minor prophets is that we have a prophet, the only prophet we know in the Old Testament, when the word of the Lord came to him, he rejected it and he went the opposite way and he went running from God. Verse 4. But the Lord hurled a great wind upon the sea, and there was a mighty tempest on the sea, so that the ship threatened to break up. And then the mariners, the professional sailors, were afraid, and each cried out to his God, and they hurled the cargo that was in the ship into the sea to lighten it for them. But Jonah had gone down into the inner part of the ship and had lain down and was fast asleep. So the captain came and said to him, "'What do you mean, you sleeper? Arise! Call out to your God. Perhaps God will give a thought to us that we may not perish. And they said to one another, Come, let us cast lots that we may know on whose account this evil has come upon us. And so they cast lots, and the lost fell on Jonah. And they said to him, Tell us of, um, on whose account this evil has come upon us. What is your occupation? Where do you come from? What is your country? And what are uh, And what people are you? And he said to them, I'm a Hebrew. And I fear the Lord. Now, I want you to hold on to that. We're going to come back to this. Here you have Jonah, prophet of the Lord, has heard the word clearly of God, and he's clearly running from God. But he says he fears the Lord, okay? I fear the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the dry land. And then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, What is this that you've done? For the men knew that he was fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he had told them that. So uh, I, I said the first service, you know, just a little heads up. You know, if, if you're ever on a plane or train or boat and you meet somebody and they just come right out and they just tell you, hey, you know, I, I'm, I'm running from God. a um, Little heads up, might be the time to get off that boat or, or off that train, right? Um, just a little side note there. Then they said to him, what shall we do to you that the sea may quiet down for us? And for the sea grew for the sea grew more and more tempestuous and he said to them pick me up and hurl me into the sea then the sea will quiet down for you for i know it is because of me that this great tempest has come upon you nevertheless the men rowed hard to get back to dry land but they could not for the sea grew more and more tempestuous against them therefore they called out to the lord now This is not the God, little g, what we see that the captain and sailors are talking about before. Here in verse 14, something has happened. These sailors uh, have have been in a process of of coming into the light of of who who God is. The God of the sea and the one who created all things. For it says, therefore, they called out to the Lord. And the word here in the Hebrew is Yahweh, the personal covenant name of God. And it's the sailors now who are crying out to Jonah's God. And cried out to the Lord, Yahweh, O Lord, let us not perish for this man's life and lay not on us innocent blood for you, O Lord, have done as it pleased you. And so they picked up Jonah and they hurled him into the sea and the sea ceased from its raging. And then the men feared the Lord exceedingly and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and they made vows. We see here, God get, commanded Jonah Go to Nineveh, the arch enemies of Israel, and bring the good news. Actually, it was to preach to the city, walk through, as we're going to get here in a couple weeks, that in 40 days, destruction is coming to this city, unless you repent, unless you turn to the Lord. Because the evil of this city, and the Ninevites, as we said, historically uh, were really, really evil folks. And, uh, and Jonah wasn't having anything to do with it, because the, he, as we'll see, is he thought, maybe they might turn, they might repent, they might turn, and God might actually forgive them. And that's exactly what happened. And, and Jonah was in this inner turmoil, this inner storm in his heart, because his grace, his love was not that big. And not only that, but look what happens with the sailors on the ship. These are pagan Philistine um, Sailors. It's because it goes out to Joppa. At this time in history, the Phil- uh, Philistines were in charge of Joppa, that part of uh, modern-day Tel Aviv, if you've ever uh, gone to, uh, to Israel today. Is that Philistines are part of that, and you know, right, historically throughout the Scripture, the Philistines were also arch enemies of, uh, of the Jews. Uh, And and we'll see that Jonah's having this battle with God inside his heart. And Jonah was not concerned about the Ninevites. Jonah was not concerned about the other sailors, really, as we're going to see. Is that he was just in this battle with God. And he was running from God, right? Fleeing the best he could from the presence of the Lord. And it says that the fear salvation, salvation, because of even Jonah's disobedience, is that God in his grace, he's always working, and through this storm, he brings all the sailors to faith, to genuine faith, and to the fear of God, the one and only God. Um, but at the same time, it says that Jonah, when he told the sailors, he says, I am a Hebrew, one who fears the God of heaven and earth. And so how can someone who's running from God at the same time say that they fear God? So hold on to that. We're going to get to that here in just a second. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 4. We have another amazing story. You're familiar with this story, but it's interesting, the parallels here. And we just want to point some of them out this morning. This is uh, Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. Uh, The context here is Jesus is fairly, this is fairly early on in his ministry. He's called his disciples to follow him. Uh, He's been teaching the crowds, and and the crowds have been growing and swelling and swelling, and he's been teaching them parables. Uh, And a little bit before, what we're about to read is the crowds got so big that he had to get in a boat and go out from the shore a little bit to be able to still teach them. Uh, and then it, we come to verse 35. On that day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go to cross to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat, just as he was. Uh, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boats, so that the boat was already filling. But he, but he <clears throat> was in the stern, asleep on a cushion. It's Jesus. And they woke him and said to him, again, professional fishermen, professional men who were familiar with storms, and this was their livelihood <clears throat> Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he woke, and he rebuked the wind, and said to the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? and they were filled with great fear and said to one another who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him the word of the lord amazing how these two stories kind of just fit together in a powerful way and uh, I want to just kind of begin our time. I got several things for you again this morning. I, I hope that you'll take some of these and you'll dive into Jonah this week and you have God speak to you. Take some time to wrestle. There's some big things. The book of Jonah is only four chapters long, but man, does it get down below the surface and make us really wrestle with, with God and, and where we're at and... Um, First thing I want to say is the sleep of escape will lead to a crisis of faith, resulting in shipwreck or surrender. The sleep of escape—well, that's Jonah. And there is a sleep. There is this, as I said before, this 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 thing that has really got a hold of our culture in, in a big way, which is just a, a running from God is 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 the essence of it. But behind that is a running from responsibility. It's a, it's it's kind of just trying to get away, running from responsibility. It is. A, just a checking out, right, a desire to just check out, Uh, a desire just to numb ourselves from from all that's going on right in life, Um, and in this, I, I just throw out some things to think about is that the way we sleep is a real indicator of the state of my soul, now granted we all have times where all this, you know, have different things going on, but I ask you to really think about the indicator of how you sleep because all through the scripture, you know that God promises his children sleep. He promises them rest. And the rest he promises is bigger and grander. It's a part of my sleep, but it's this glorious thing that God invites us into which is a real sense of rest and, and, and peace. And we see Jesus modeling this. They're out on, on the Sea of Galilee, and, and boy, Sea of known for these quick windstorms that can hit, and quickly, I've been there, and I've been a part of how quickly the waves can just go crazy uh, on that lake, and, um, and they're out, and Jesus has had a huge day of ministry, He's tired, right, showing His humanity there, He's on the back of this fishing boat, the difference between this and Jonah, Jonah was a big sea-going, bigger boat, uh, this boat was all open, right? It's a fishing boat, and Jesus just on a, on a pillow in the stern of the boat, racked out. And I mean like seriously racked out with this storm, and the, so much so that the water's coming into the boat. Now, if you've ever been in a boat like that, that's a serious thing, right? And he's still racked out. And the disciples, many were are professional fishermen, uh, as we just read, they freak out and they, and they try to go wake him, And... Um, what a picture of the sleep of peace! And what do you think Jesus is modeling? All through Jesus' discipleship, he's modeling for the disciples how to follow him. This is what life in, in, in with the Father is all about: it's the rest of peace. If there's trust, if there's a healthy fear and reverence of God, if there's a real sense of stepping, Jesus' member says, "Come to me, all you are weary, heavy laden. I'll give you rest." And he's modeling for them that rest in the midst. Uh, of a storm on the flip side we see also the hebrew in jonah that we read it says jonah got on the boat he's running fast from the presence of god gets on the boat doesn't mind any of his circumstances goes to the bottom of the ship and uh, and just racks out it says that he fell fast asleep the hebrew means he was out he was checked out and again there is the sleep of escape The idea of going to sleep or numbing myself anything in life that is just i just want to shut off everything around me right and uh and check out and and that's what what jonah is is modeling for us here and that sleep that kind of sleep of escape is either going to lead us well it's going to put us into a crisis of faith for sure but it's either going to lead to further shipwreck in our lives or a surrender and we're going to journey with jonah as he comes to surrender but then struggles again right, in this little book, uh, in the story of him. But just in our own lives, man, huh? What's the connection? And even me personally, I tell you, it, it's been an interesting year, really wrestling with, boy, this connection between my, my rest in God, peace with God, my trusting in him, being able to, to go to bed and be able to truly, am I really, Lord, take it. I've, I've done what I could do today. This is in your hands. I trust you. I'm resting in you. And, uh, and let me rest well. Uh, or is it a rest of a sleep of escape? Do I just watch the news or another TV show or a movie before I go to bed? Do I click my headphones on? What, what am I doing? Even worse, right? I don't have to tell you the number of Americans today who can't sleep without some kind of sleep aid. Right? Where's rest today? Right? We're, we're, we're in many ways right, in a checkout mode, and that should be a huge red flag. That should be a huge indicator in our lives of Lord, I need to, I need to recover this this idea of rest. I need to recover this and think about what are you doing, God? Right. Second thing, here is the sleep of peace will lead to expressions of faith in partnership with God. It's beautiful. I mean, I. I you know, when I read these stories, I hope you do too. Get creative with it. Just say, Lord, what's going on here? Um, what did Jesus want the disciples to do? What do you think? In the boat. What was going on there? Obviously, he's giving an expression, an illustration for them of, the, of what resting in the Father's care is all about. But at the same time, he's not being careless, right? Um, but what would have been the right response? Because remember, they wake him up frantic he calms the storm, and then what does he say to them? Right, he hammers them, doesn't he? <laughs> why are you so afraid? Uh, duh, Jesus, we are about to die. The waves were coming over. Um, why would he say to them, why are, you so, why are you so afraid? And then this next line, have you still no faith? Have you still no faith? That's challenging for me because I don't know about you, but if you've been in a, that kind of situation, it's tense. And so I think what Jesus is saying here, um, we can only speculate what he would have wanted them to do, but faith in that, in that situation is in such a picture, folks. The, all these are beautiful pictures of the church, of our lives. God's with us. He's in the boat. And he's not freaking out because, you know what, he's the one, as they got free, he's the one who, what? can command the wind the sea he's the one who spoke all creation into place in the first place he if you know him he's in your heart he's in the boat he's there now sometimes he seems like he's asleep doesn't he doesn't he seem like he's asleep sometimes alive we're crying out we're god where are you i need an answer i need something it's like wake up and isn't it interesting that he is the, t- in the intensity of them going and and shaking him get up we're about to die there's something about desperation connected to faith and a healthy sense of fear that moves the heart of God. Right? But God is with us. He is with us. And the right response is to live in that awareness that Jesus is with me. God is with me. He's redeemed me. He's moved all of heaven and earth to redeem me. And that when the storm comes in life, whatever it is, is that our, our response should be one of focused what? Our eyes on Him. And it's just like Peter when he was trying to walk on water. As soon as he took his eyes off Jesus on the storm, what happened? And what was happening here same thing the storm overtook their focus was on the storm until they got desperate and they came to Jesus rather than looking back and going hey let's see this play out let's see this play out he's with us we're all good what's gonna happen right And folks I think one of the big questions that for me that's really helped me recently just just to be more present with god and try to learn what jesus you know is, is trying to teach us to follow him and, and to do nothing that we don't see the father doing is is just regularly ask the question father god, jesus what are you doing here what's going on what's going on in my life what's going on in this area right now lord what's going on around the world god what's going on with this coronavirus what's going on here you know, I'm sure you're going to hear the, the prophets say, oh, this is judgment of God. Well, how do you know that? God, is that's what's good. You know, others will say, well, it's, it's this or that. Or well, how do you know? God, what are you doing? God, what are you doing with the stock market? What are you doing with our nation right now? Remember, the nations are in God's hands. And God is not concerned as much about the nations as he is about what? His church around the world. Those who gather together faithfully to be his children and trust him and pray a blessing over the nations they reside in and be the faithful salt and light in those, in those cultures. But Lord, what are you doing here? Because usually when a storm hits our lives, that's not our first, at least sometimes it's not mine, right? It's the first thing is like, ah, we get focused on the storm, we get focused on the circumstance in our life, and we just run headlong after trying to solve that. And uh, rather than just stepping back and saying, God, what, what are you doing here? Speak to me, God. Let me remain in your peace, in your rest, even in the midst of this storm. I'm going to trust you that you're with me and that you're going to lead me right through this, this storm, right, in, in a healthy way. And look what happens. The sleep of peace, when we, when we bring God into it, when He, and we're going to look at some other wonderful promises here this morning, but when we do that, is that it leads to expressions of faith and partnership with God. Is It moves us into, when I say, God, what are you doing here? I'm available. Speak to me. It, it, it opens the door for God now to come and to partner with us. And this is the part of, of the Jesus' modeling with the, with the disciples. Do as I do whether it's a physical storm or other storms in other people's lives, is out of the love of God and love for the world and love for others, is be that messenger of hope. Be the salt and light to that person, right? Speaking truth and hope into that person to calm the storms of other people. In the midst of storms, when people are frantic, screaming and everything, it should be those who are salt and light of the world, walking alongside and leading them, what? Into the rest of their Father, of God. The last thing here before we get into some questions this morning is inner storms. If they're not calm, they'll manifest to exterior storms. The exterior storm here that we read about in Jonah was the result of Jonah's inner storm. And we're going to just track through the book of Jonah and just see that that storm was raging. The real issue was Jonah was at odds with God inside his heart and was unwilling to listen to God. And to listen to God's word and, <clears throat> and to wrestle that out, and he ran from God. Rather than dealing with it, he was running from God. And he was holding on to his own concept of the Ninevites, his own concept of, of the, the pagan sailors. And, and in that, that sleep and that going down below and just checking out, it, the sleep of escape, is he had no concern about the other guys on the ship. He had no concern for the Ninevites. He was running from them. God gave, pointed him out to be the messenger to bring hope and salvation, which we're going to get to, to these Ninevites. But Jonah, was, he was run the other way. He didn't have, a, 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 wasn't willing to, to really wrestle with the word of God, right, inside his own heart. And, uh, and that hardened his heart hardened his heart, and, and he was in that place of escape, and that place of just completely being oblivious to the circumstances, the storm, the consequence of the others around him, and um, folks, I, I just think even today, as we're, we're going to see down a little deeper here in a minute, that, well, I think the church, I think we get numb, don't we? Today, uh, And let's just step up a couple notches. We get so focused, narcissistic about my life, what I'm about, what I want, well, what I think, Rather than being open to God, what do you think? How can you use me? What do you want me to do? I'm available to partner with you, God, in the midst of what's around me. Um, and so inner storms, folks, unless they're calmed. And this goes for anything, right? If something's hidden, it cannot be healed. We always say it around here all the time, right? Is that uh, nothing hidden can be healed. And we see this principle through the scriptures. The inner storm must be calmed. If the outer storm, and uh, and when the outer storm happening in our lives, we need to step back and say, God, what's going on here? Well, what is happening? What is happening with the, the circumstances in my life? What do I need to adjust? What do I need to hear from you, right? So now I'm just going to dive into some questions. Uh, I think I said a couple weeks ago in the introduction to this to uh, to Jonah that i um, just threw out a bunch of questions, and one of them was, Are you okay? Are we okay? with more questions than answers. And, and that's what this book moves us towards. And again, we have to be people to walk by faith, not by sight. That's what 2 Corinthians tells us, right? Is that is to walk with God by faith means just that, is that I need to learn to trust Him and, and not lead out with my intellect. I'm not going to get all of the answers. And a matter of fact, you can go back and read the entire Scripture. No one got all the answers. That was the point, to trust God, have faith in God. Now, here's the, the good news is that, you know what? Every main question we really need to know is already answered. God and Jesus answer those questions. It's clear as a bell in the scripture. The problem is that I and we, we get focused on absolutely having to have an answer over here to something rather than the main thing I need to be focused on. And it's amazing once we focus on the main thing that God does reveal to us is that we get greater clarity on other revelation and details. And if I'm closed off to his written revelation, we cannot expect to get greater clarity in other things, right, in our lives. So did Jonah give himself up to save the other sailors? Big question. What do you think? And, and, and folks, this is honestly how we're, to ex- how we're to get personal with God's word, is when we come to the text, we need to, do our, we need to do our work, we need to, in context, in history, and we need to do good Bible study methods in the whole thing, but there is that point, that powerful point, that we need to come to it, and before God, Lord, speak to me through your word. And, uh, and this should spark in our lives a bunch of questions and we write these down in our journals and this is how God starts to lead us and, and we start to hear His voice right in our lives. And so, this is, and so if you're reading through, maybe write those questions out because it could be that if that question comes to you that God is wanting to speak to you about that question somehow. Did Jonah give himself to save the, the other sailors? Well, in the context here of Jonah is we see that Jonah's heart was still he was running from God is that his whole desire to give himself up right was not because he was worried about the sailors it was because it was the end Jonah was like he was so bad off so in this deadlock argument with God that he was willing to die he was willing to die. And we see this with Elijah. You can go through the entire Old Testament. We see the people, when they just get really at it with God, fight God, as they come to a point of life, it's better that I die. Job, what did Job say? It's better I wasn't even born. Just go ahead and take my life, God. Right? Whether it be Elijah, and, uh, we see this consistently through right? the, the, uh, the Scriptures and this idea. But with Jonah, um, boy, he didn't, he didn't give himself up. For it, it wasn't it wasn't some heroic thing. Throw me over, board, and 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 you'll be saved. It was he was still he wasn't caring about the soldiers, and we have no indication that Jonah ever prayed. Remember, he captain comes. Wake up, you sleeper. Come, we're all praying to all of our gods. Little G, as the text says, and uh, you need to pray to your god, right? Um, And when the lot fell on Jonah, and when Jonah told him who he was, and then this is when the revelation, even in the midst of that storm, this is when God started bringing salvation to these sailors and revealing to them who God really was. But Jonah wasn't concerned about that because he wasn't concerned about the Ninevites. He was running from God. And you know, when we run from God, we're really running from ourselves also. When we're running from God, we don't have the capacity to genuinely really care about others around us. We get, what, myopic? We get really self-absorbed, right? Narcissistic in many ways. What calmed the storm for the sailors then? Ultimately, what calmed the storm? It's a big question for us that we we need to to launch out on and understand. And, And when we look back at Mark 4, what calmed the storm for the disciples? jesus right they called to jesus and asked him to do something and and he said the word well what calmed the storm here on this book it's interesting These sailors were, if they were right in the midst of salvation. They were right in the midst of having this radical conversion to see the one true God, Yahweh. And as I said before, there's a shift in what we just read here that goes from God's little g to, they're crying out to um, the Hebrew word Yahweh, to the one true God, the personal covenant name for God that that the Jews used in the Old Testament. They're all focused on him, and then when they see, and they cry out to him, and, and here's what's interesting is that um, when all that revelation comes, the lot goes, it's Jonah, and Jonah tells them, and then they're really fearful because, oh, he's been telling us he's been running from God, and, and now we know this storm is because of him, and uh, then they say, well, what shall we do? I mean, you see the, 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 the incredible connection here that these sailors who, who are, are, are just just coming to faith are more righteous than Jonah. And what do they start to do? They start to row as hard as they can. Not just throw me over. It'll be fine. No, no, we're, gonna, we're going to fix this storm on our own, our way. And folks, what an imagery of what we do. When we have a storm, a circumstance in our life, what do we do? We just, I, I just need to work a little harder. I need to just do a little bit of my... I just need a few more experts here to give me advice. I need to just work a little harder and we'll get through this storm. That's, that's, that's what we do in our flesh. We're all prone to that, right? And finally, right, the sailor's not able to do that because you can't work against God's Word. Um, as we see in Jonah, that doesn't go well. And then they take him and they throw him over. But that should raise a big question, shouldn't it, for us? And then... And and, and it says, they cry out to him. So you see conversion taking place here. And it says these sailors cried out, not to their gods any longer. They all in unison cried out to Yahweh. And look at this, beautiful. Lord, do not hold this against us. Here's the confession. Don't hold this innocent blood against us, God. And then when they threw him over and the calm came, it's the same thing from Mark 4. It's faith. It's faith with fear, and those two intermix of respect or reverence for God. And then it says when the calm, the storm ended, once Jonah was thrown over, it says that these sailors that were now just met, they met powerfully the living God. And it says that they sacrificed to him, and they were full of much fear. They revered God, and they sacrificed to him. They just met the living God. But that should lead us to this big question. Why did Jonah not jump ship? if he was so distraught, if he was so dead set on running from God and not accomplishing what God called him to do, if he was uh, so dead set on on heading to Tarshish and he was so, as we see in the rest of the book, that he was just, I'm ready to die. Life's over. I'm just, go ahead. Let's get it over. Why didn't he just jump overboard? Now, gang, I'm going to take us to a little deeper water here this morning, okay? And you're going to need to wrestle with this this week. But the text is very clear and it's why it says when they asked him who you are and he makes this statement I'm a Hebrew and I fear the God of heaven and earth the reason why Jonah didn't jump over himself and the reason why no one in the Old Testament whether it be Elijah whether it be Job took their own life even in the midst of the worst and the worst despair is because there was still in them the fear of The reverence for God, that God is the one who created them, spoke breath into them, that this body is not to do what I want to with it. I'm to be a steward of this house because this is the temple of the Holy Spirit. God saves this entire being, right? There was the fear of God there. And that fear, though it can never be separated, fear and faith cannot be separated And this is something today, folks, all we want to hear about today is is the side of the gospel. God's forgiveness, His love, His grace, awesome. Those things are amazing, right? They cannot be separated from the requirement of faith. For faith to be faith, there has to be a sense of healthy fear of God that I'm accountable to my maker. Reverence, when we come into church, or, or just respect. Let's just knock it down a little bit. Where is respect gone in our culture today? And so respect is gone, and, and the, the, you know, respect for authority, respect for elders, respect for just go down the list, where is that today? And when respect goes, you can guarantee reverence for the Almighty, reverence for worship, reverence for, for, for Him and His Word. Those things are, are just, they've been attacked for decades and, and hundreds of years now, right, in our educational system, in our culture, and that leaves. Us with this void of the fear of God and, and folks listen to me all, all, again I, I, only God ultimately knows. but when fear is not a person loses the fear of God. These pagan soul, these pagan sailors, before they ex- entered into their conversion with their one true God, they feared God. They didn't get on that ship and continue to row and continue to sit and do their mathematics and go, well, maybe we can somehow, let's call home, let's figure out the the best way we can solve this problem. What did they do? They feared God. And that fear led them, right, to seek God. And ultimately, for those those sailors, it led them into um, revelation of who that God was. But what do we do? What have we been taught to do? You get sick, you go on WebMD, you call your doctor, you take a medicine, the first thing you do. That's not, if, if followers of God, the, the first thing I should do is, God, what's going on here? You're the great physician. I need to hear from you. I need to stay in your rest. When a storm happens, when coronavirus happens, what's the first thing God's people should do? Not call the CDC, not look up online, should I go here, what's going on, should I buy a face mask, blah, blah. It should be, Lord what is going on in this world? Please show me, God. That's reverence for God. That's an honoring of the Almighty that we see all through the Scripture. And unfortunately, we have adopted a definition of faith today that is removed from fear. Genuine faith cannot be removed from the fear of God. The genuine fear of God and, and... I know that's confusing language sometimes. I just ask you to really wrestle with that. But it's all through the scripture. I'm going to give some scriptures in just a minute on this, how to restore this. But here's here's the reality is that if I fear God, I am free from every other fear in the world. This is very important. If I genuinely fear God, like the disciples, like the sailors, if I fear the living God, then every storm in life, Jesus is in the boat with me. He conquers every other fear. My fear, reverence, honor, respect is for him. And when I enter that rest, every other fear in the world in my life, I'm free from. But if I don't fear God, I open this vessel, my mind, my heart to every bondage in the world, every fear that lingers in this world, every bit of darkness, right? I'm exposed to because I'm not leaning on, ultimately, the fear of God. Does that make sense, gang? Just take that, keep talking about it, because it's, it's, it's a big, big issue today. You can't have faith. We can't speak about a faith in God without the fear of God, because without the fear of God, there's no repentance. There's no, the whole idea of, of turning to God is, is lost. If there isn't a genuine respect for God An honoring of God a, a sense of that I'm accountable to God But look at these powerful passages Second Chronicles, this is God's heart um, For the eyes of the Lord They run to and fro You've heard this promise Throughout the whole earth To give strong support to those whose heart is blameless In other words, whole right Towards Him In other words, a, a, a person who, is, who fears God Who's humble before God And Lord, who's crying out to God Is God promises that he will go wherever in the world, just like these sailors, just like the disciples, whoever it is who cries out to him. But it can't just be, God, come bless my agenda or come bless this little stone or, this little issue in my life with, without right, holding a sense of, of really honoring God and, and understanding what the fear of God's all about. Proverbs 1.7, and this is consistent throughout the entire scripture, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. There is no real knowledge without the fear of God. And what we have been sold is is a humanistic idea that mankind can better this world, that we can solve our problems with more technology, with more intellect, that we can solve it. And that's why our first reaction is to go to the experts rather than to God, right? The fear of God, it's the beginning of true knowledge, uh, is the fear of God. And the fear of God is a sense of, Let's see what the scripture says. I'll go to the next one. I love, this is one of my new favorite verses. Proverbs one twenty three. it says, If you turn at my reproof, God says, behold, I'll pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. If you turn at my reproof. In other words, if you honor me, you humble me, if you repent, if you turn to me at my reproof, at my storm, at the circumstances in life or my discipline, whatever it may be, He promises to pour out His Spirit on us and to make His words known to us. We love that because it fits right into we're word and spirit church, right? We're to worship the Lord with word and truth and spirit, right? What a promise. But I think this, Isaiah 66, gives the real essence of this. Guys, y'all can come on up. Um, Look at this. This is God, He says in Isaiah, He says, but this is the one to whom I look. He who is humble and contrite in spirit and trembles at my word. Trembles at my word. If you want to get God's attention, the scripture consistent from beginning to end. It requires a contrite spirit. It re- requires humility. It requires a trembling. And what that means is it means an actual fear. It means a reverence for the word of God that, Lord, this is your word, and, and I, I want to hear it. I want to obey it, and, and please uh, make it known to me. Jonah, he got the word of God as such, and, and, and he didn't like part of it, and he decided to run from God. And by the way, if, if we um, don't like what God's word says, is that we are also running from God at that point. Because we're having an internal storm take place where God, you know what, I like this part of your Bible, but this part right here, no, I, I'm going to battle you over this issue. And that's fine to battle. We have to battle because there are all things in there that we wrestle with. But, but if I make that shift where, like Jonah, is like, I'm not going there, God. I'm going to live my life, right, in contradiction. Then I, I'm losing the idea of trembling respect for the word of God. Humility before him. Folks, we're, we're not, a, we're not a, a people or the... that that really understand what a healthy fear, even that language sounds in our culture today, right, of of feelings, right, that even that language is is hard to even get our heart and arms around. Reverence. He's the Almighty. We're accountable to Him. And I can't remove His gracious love and His glory and His grace and His mercy from all of that. I have to come to Him for who He is. He's, He's the Almighty and the scripture says his steadfast love it never ends that he will come strong to those right who come to him so just uh, in closing just a couple any comments or, or questions this morning for us or even a testimony whatever it may be there's some big big things here but um just anything before we close anybody come to the table we have a question on any of that our testimony First service was wake. There had tons of questions. So anything? Yeah, back here. James Castle.
1: I just want to encourage us really to pray for China. Um, I encountered a Chinese girl, yeah. and uh, she actually is from Kirkland, where that death just happened. And I asked her what her faith was. And her comment, this is the only reason I'm bringing it up, was, I'm from China. And I said, yeah. that doesn't tell me anything yeah. because there are different things, different beliefs in China. Yeah. And I said, do you know God? She goes, yeah. nope. Yeah. So I had a chance to talk to her about that and to encourage her to, it, to ask him, if you're real God, show me who you are. Because Beautiful. I didn't get more conversation with her. But um, she didn't know whether to leave Aspen and go back to Kirkland or yeah. stay here or Anyway, yeah. just encouragement to not only pray for them, but speak out to them if you see them and encounter them, and ask them where their hearts are because they're scared. Yeah. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's great. It's been salt and light, bringing that hope into the midst of the storm, right, for people. So somebody over here? Oh, we're up right. Here. So Casey. All ah, right, patriotic this morning, there, Michelle. I like that.
1: American. America. Love Ooh. America. Um so talking about wrestling with god i feel like i try to find the balance sometimes because wrestling is good but sometimes if you stay in the wrestling too long yeah the enemy can kind of take that and get you cynical and starting to go towards the the wrong side of things but if you don't wrestle you just kind of swallow things uncritically you don't really have like a real Mm -hmm. like testimony of coming through it so how do you find that balance how do you know when like yeah. okay i need to stop wrestling go back this way like that's how great. do you how do you find that balance I guess? well
0: see that's fantastic so i think with jonah most likely jonah didn't just when the word of god came to him he didn't just like immediately go the scripture just doesn't leave us in room but most likely like all of us when the word of god comes something like what you know is that he had he started having this battle with god um how do we know i, I think that um, growth only comes through the battle right and this is why god m- moves us through tests moves us through storms to test our faith. It's the only way that our, our faith can be tested. And the key in that wrestle match with, with God, I think, is, is boy, um, it's this issue of, am I going to run from God and harden my heart? Or am I going to keep wrestling in and wrestling? And this is, I think, the answer I want to give is, this is why we have to keep the conversation going. This is why we have to be involved in fellowship and be honest with each other and, and sit down over coffee or Bible study or whatever it is, in a small group, discipleship group, and, and throw it, just be honest. Say, hey, I am wrestling with this deal. Of the Whatever, let's say the fear of God. I'm wrestling with that passage. You know, it's, whoa, let's talk it through, right? And it's the importance of discipleship, getting with others who are further down the road to help us crack the scripture open and wrestle with it. Uh, if I don't wrestle with it, then you know what? I, I only have one option. I run. Because that's the sleep of escape. That's what we're talking about. If I don't wrestle, if I don't get with people and with God and, and really work it out, then what I try to think I can do is ignore it. But really what I'm doing is I'm running from God. I'm just saying, God, I'm just not going to deal with that. And I'm going to run on. And that will lead to escapism, right? And the sleep of escape is what Jonah did. Right, at some point he made the decision like, God, I'm not going to deal with that. I'm not going to wrestle with that any longer. I'm going to just run. I'm going to go to Tarshish and escape and live the good life, right? So
1: um, that's Can it. Can I that's just it. add real quick? I think yeah. there's a difference between wrestling with and fighting against. Absolutely. Because I think when you're fighting against, you're right. basically saying, right. I really don't want to hear what you have to say. That's yeah, good. But when you're wrestling with, I think there's more of an openness to change me, Lord. Yeah.
0: That's great. It's perfect. Perfect. That is great. Oh, see.
1: Yeah. Perfect. Steve, I think.
0: You can use the microphone. I mean, you can't hear me. Huh? <laughs> to your point, I think what defines fear to me is whether I'm running from him or to him. Yeah, it's great. And running from him is an emotional response. Um, and it's a human response. Right. But when I run to him, right. in the fear of the Lord, I think in Hebrew it actually means worship and worthy. Yeah. So in running to him, then it becomes a heart yeah. language versus an it's emotional brilliant. response so it's great it's whether you're running from right. or to those two prepositions yeah uh so often defines it that's super fantastic jonah gives us this story doesn't yeah. he of fantastic. of like hey look at your own look at your own life you know as we do this right that's good father thank you for this morning lord um father i just i just pray lord that um Holy Spirit, you'll move right now as we prepare to come to the table. Lord, that you'll move, Lord, if, if in those that of us, Lord, are wrestling with you this morning, we're running. Holy Spirit, I pray you'll come with your gentleness, Lord, your grace, your love and kindness, your mercy. Lord, woo people back. Our hearts back to you, God father I just pray for anyone in here who's wrestling with that sleep of anxiety and escapism Lord pray that you'll use that that storm God or is this loving nudge to move us towards you Lord towards your peace your rest we love you God in Jesus name Amen just take some time and when we come to the table make this a corporate thing come with somebody and remember this is a a chance we all should be here to encourage each other right this morning and so just take some time to maybe meet somebody else come and celebrate this is not a solemn moment it's to be the agape feast it is the rejoicing of what jesus has done for us Um, remember he's taken away all fear of condemnation but that's not taking away right the healthy reverence of his glory of what he has done for us is to set us free from every fear that could hamper us right that we might have this loving reverent, right respectful humble and contrite relationship with God right so come to the table the Lord leads